0: Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Christian Conversations. My name is Mike, and by God's grace, I am your host. This is the program that draws on weekly doses of biblical conversation, the goal of which is to prepare the believer to take their faith and make an impact in their real world, to help you become more equipped, to help you become more engaged in your faith. And to, ah, yes, give you something edifying to converse about. So today we're going to look at how reality TV can relate to a routine that gives us more quiet moments with God. The best reason not to sin and how Seth helped me to think about that. And I'm going to tell you about a new resource my wife and I discovered to help equip your Christian walk this summer. And summer is a busy time. It's a busy time for most of us. And it's a time I try a little harder to stay connected with family. Because with family, you can't make up the stuff you talk about. And it's just fun. For example, I'm talking with my aunt and we start naming off our favorite television shows. And we discover half of which of these TV shows are reality TV shows. And the the topic turns to, you know, what would happen if we had our own reality TV show? And I'll tell you what, the conversation lingered with me after my aunt and I, you know were done talking, and I put it in my own head. You know, what if there was a Mike reality TV show? What if there was a you reality TV show? You know, with the daily routine being, You know, day after day, what kind of pattern would you start to notice in your life? And so I sort of thought to myself, what kind of pattern would an audience see if there was a micro-reality TV show? And it got me thinking about quiet moments with God. Because, like I, I said, summer's a busy time. And for me, I feel like I'm somehow shoehorning in all this activity. Into 24 hours. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing two days, three and a half days worth of activity, somehow just jamming that into a 24 hour window of time that we call a day. And so I realized that, you know, I need balance. This conversation led me to a point where I started thinking about my daily routine and that I need balance in my daily routine. So I'm going to give you a cool segue into the Gospel of Mark here. And uh, it's chapter 1, and it goes verses 16 through 38. And I want to show you an example, a biblical example, of time management, of balancing busy, noisy days with edifying times of replenishment, prayer, and what that looked like in a man whose life was very busy the, the man the God man himself Jesus because in Mark 1 starting at verse 16 we see a lot of activity start taking place Jesus gets his first disciples later on that day he teaches in Capernaum with authority which means with power with enthusiasm with energy and it was on the Sabbath which means it was his day off uh in Capernaum, Jesus casts out an unclean spirit. More than likely, he's heading home after that for dinner, we would assume. But he heads home to Simon's Simon's mother-in-law, removes a fever from her, and then later on the same day, the whole town, it's written here, assembled at the door of Jesus, and he healed many. So that's five busy activities That would be enough for anyone to to be pooped to be like whoa. I need to take a rest you know and somehow you, You want to talk about jamming two to three and a half days worth of activity in 24 hours Just look at the list of Jesus. So it was no different in Jesus's day than it is in our day the only difference is we have YouTube and other distractions bothering us from getting the second half of the equation which is the next part, which is the balancing act of, uh, of a busy life. And that is described, it's easy to miss because it's one verse, but that is described in Mark chapter 1 verse 35, which reads, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And he was praying there. Now I want to break that down and talk about four quick bullet points in verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Number one, it was intentional. First first five words, very early in the morning. That was not a mistake. Jesus purposely and intentionally arose early for, for a reason. And we need we have a reason too. We need to balance our lives out. We need to make sure that there's a a balance to our busyness. Number two, he got up. (laughs) I don't know how many people can relate to this, but I've said more than once prayers when I was behind the castle of the covers. You know, I'm halfway asleep, halfway awake. I'm underneath the castle of the covers. Jesus got up. He removed himself from the castle of the covers and went out Next next two words went out Made his way to a deserted place. I Don't know where a deserted place would be for you. Uh, I know that I've spoken to my wife about it for me It's either the car ride to work as I'm driving to work or it's simply getting to the vehicle 10 minutes early and just having that deserted place that I know I'm not going to be bothered I can set the timer on my phone for 10 minutes and I can just be with God and lay my day out before him you know speak to him seek him and replenish myself through his word and just be strengthened in that in that deserted place my wife has mentioned to me that her deserted place oftentimes is the shower. She uh, has a a sense of connection there with God in that deserted place. And so for you, you need to find what could work for you. It could be the car or the shower. It could be the basement or an office. It could be the walk before exercise, or it could be uh, the car ride home. Fourthly, he was praying there. I think it's important to mention is there's many things trying to steal our time away. There's little notifications, app, apps telling us what's going on, social media, news networks. Numerous things come up, pop up on the phone. And I'll tell you what, I take my phone and I turn it on airplane mode because he was praying there. Jesus was praying there. Uh, that means he he was not being interrupted. I mean, one of the hardest things about following what Jesus did here in mark one thirty five is is really being in a deserted place where we can pray because that phone, that smart device is constantly on us, and it's constantly there to interrupt us and you better believe the enemy wants nothing more than to disrupt your quiet time with God. Because that's when you're fed spiritually. That's when you're edified. That's when you're prepared, watch this now, to go on to the rest of your day. So watch this now. Mark chapter 1, verse 36 and 37. Simon and his companions went searching for Jesus. They found him and said, Everyone's looking for you. Sound familiar? Moms, dads? Anyone who's living life on this side of eternity, someone's looking for you. Life is looking for you. Verse 38, And Jesus said to them, Let's go. This is why I have come. See, Jesus knew life had a lot of noise. We know it. And we see it, you know, every day in our lives. But Jesus knew how to balance it. And all throughout the first six chapters of Mark, there's a pattern of, of all kinds of noisy responsibilities, followed by intentional times of quietness. Several of which are brief moments of quiet, but the key pattern to recognize is they're intentional. Jesus' routine of intentionally seeking a few moments away from the crowd in order to catch his breath with God is a great example for each of us. And uh, it's interesting to think about as well, what would it look like for you to remember the Sabbath every day? to catch your breath with God every day to have a quiet moment with God every day and so I just I ask you to take that challenge uh, Find quiet moments in your day. Take a moment right now list times and places where you might have some routine patterns of Quietness in with which you can connect to God on a daily basis. Remember to hook in to something bigger than yourself. Jeremiah 29.13 You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Refuel yourself for that busyness ahead. Someone's looking for you. They always will be. So let's go. This is why Jesus made you. To be disciples and fishers of men to the ends of the earth as the Great Commission tells us which uh, gives us an awesome segue into the best reason not to sin so uh, I'm going to use a co-worker a story that I had a real life story I've had with a co-worker and uh, we'll say his name is Seth and it's important to note that Seth was an individual who Lived what many would call a hedonistic lifestyle. He was often finding empty, hollow, faceless relationships that he would engage in to try and satisfy what only a you know Jesus can satisfy, which is which is a completeness, it's a wholeness, and so it was a little bit of an interesting scenario that unraveled because the question seth asked me as a christian point blank is mike why should i not sin what's what's the best reason not to sin and uh he asked i noticed that you try not to you know why should you why why do you try not to sin and why should i even you know think about that and uh Number one, this is part of the reason why on Christian conversations, we uh, we try to help you become equipped, because uh, our goal is to prepare the believer to take their faith and make an impact in their real world, your real world. That could be with your family, be with your coworkers, could be with your 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 team. There's going to be numerous opportunities where God's going to use you. He's too polite to kick the door down, but he's he's going to knock on the door of your heart and he's going to prompt you through his holy spirit to be engaged with the world around us. And uh, so the question posed to me by Seth was, "What's the best reason not to not to sin?" Well, the answer folks is grace, but before we get into and I'm going to tell you more about grace here in a minute. But I just want to first say, the, the first thing I was thankful for is that Seth asked the question. I was thankful that Seth asked the question because, as noted by several Christian authors, the and, and if you've heard this before, I apologize, but they posed the question this way. If you were put on trial, and the people you talk to most often were witnesses against you, would you be convicted as a Christian? And hopefully the answer is yes. I want you to think about that. Would you be convicted as a Christian? It's a a serious question because sometimes we are the only Bible someone will ever read. And so I told uh, Seth, I told him, The one the best reason to not sin is called grace The two pieces of timber known as the cross Was accomplished by God's grace that while we were yet sinners He sent his son to die for us see when you understand grace You do the right thing not because you're driven out of law Where you're driven out of command, but because you're so grateful, you can't help but praise God. You can't help but worship Him. You can't help but tell His story, His good news. You can't help... But be excited about what Jesus has done. The grace of God has covered your sins. He's justified you. He's made you just as if you've never sinned. He's imputed His righteousness onto your account. There's a double credit before the foundations of the earth. God was uh, brought His own Son, Jesus, to the earth to, to be crucified and be the sacrifice that not only paid and atoned for all of the past mistakes you've made but all of the future mistakes you ever could make and the best verse on grace in the Bible is 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency and everything you may have an abundance for every good and deed grace is God's supply of God's goodness and what an awesome opportunity I had to tell Seth about God's grace and he caught about half of what I said (laughs) he caught about half of it which was also a good learning experience because not everyone understands you know totally Biblical language totally uh, uh, You know language that a Christian may understand due to being uh, equipped and knowledgeable uh, uh, From church services and sermons and so I had to tell him another version of the story. I used a, a Story about taking a bullet And uh, I said let me put it to you this way Let's say you're walking down the street God forbid your friend and yourself are together you get mugged. There's uh, a mugger there with a gun The mugger takes out the weapon fires around and your friend jumps in front of you To take that bullet for you. I said now He's in the hospital. He asks you for a cup of water. Are you gonna say? I don't want to do that because I just don't feel like it. Or are you going to say I'm so grateful you saved my life you're, you're going to be willing to do just about anything the man asks And uh, it put it into a different perspective diluted it a little bit, but it, it gave him it gave Seth an understanding of How come the best reason not to sin? was what God's grace accomplished through the cross Romans three twenty four, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus grateful is the response grateful is the life we live grateful is the reason we praise Him we're obedient to Him we strive to be more like Him every day vicarious sacrifice we uh, we, we have the only response we have is to be grateful. It was, it was really a special time. And I'll tell you this too, having the opportunity to talk with Seth didn't lead to just a single conversation. Seth and I were able to have numerous conversations after that regarding the the grace of Jesus and uh, the grace of what God's doing in our lives. So it was awesome to, to be able to be equipped for that opportunity. So now we have a, a chance to do a cool segue into this really neat resource, this really functional resource my, my wife and I have discovered. And it's something we've been researching for a while. My wife and I are both looking to uh, become more equipped. It's one of the goals of this podcast. It's one of the goals in our lives. It's one of the goals we have in any time we're talking with other Christian brothers and sisters. Is we want to be able to be equipped so we can equip others. And for us, time and money are always a factor. Not necessarily time in terms of longevity, but times in terms of commitment. For example, You know, my wife and I wouldn't really realistically be able to go to like a Bible college on campus. We would love to, but just realistically, we couldn't do it with the way our lives are. Um, It would be, it'd be overwhelmingly, it'd be too much. And also traditional campuses, they are not typically affordable for, for the average American budget and especially not ours. So we found this, ifcabiblecollege.com and just type it in ifcabiblecollege.com they're not paying us to tell you this but this is a cool resource we found we just wanted to share it it's something that we're both going to be taking part in and they actually have uh, three pathways that allows the believer to become more equipped so you could take your faith and make it make an impact in your corner of the world, the part of your life that God has put on your plate each and every day. And so these pathways are, you have a certificate option, a degree option, and a diploma option. And uh, so you got a one-year program, a two-year program, or you could go for a two-year degree or a four-year degree. Okay. So the degrees are bifurcated. You could get a two-year or a four-year degree. And they have a lot of Fantastic options available, biblical studies, pastoral ministries, etc., uh, down to a Christian worker certificate, and this would allow you an opportunity at a very affordable price, I believe it's $125 per class, not per credit hour, per class, to become more equipped, become more active in, in ministry, and uh, for anyone desiring to... Uh, become more engaged in your faith. This is a very affordable, very functional way to accomplish that, and I I highly recommend it. So cool segue into the end of the program. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Christian Conversations, a production of 100% Shore Ministries. My name is Mike, and by God's grace, I've been able to be your host for this program you have questions, concerns, uh, or would like to make a donatable uh, gift, please do so at lovedbyhim2012 at gmail.com. Again, lovedbyhim2012 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and God bless.